into action Aotearoa podcast series. This series is brought to you by Eight Broke Students. Say hello everyone. Kia ora, I'm Hayley. Hi, my name's Maddie. And I'm Lauren. Kia ora, I'm Joe. I'm Bridget. Kia ora, I'm Brianna. Hello, I'm Chris. Kia ora, I'm William. And kia ora koutou. Hello everyone, I'm Dr Elspeth Tilly. We're all from the Creativity in the Community class at Takunanga Kipiruhuroa, or Massey University. We hope you enjoy our Climate Change Theatre Action podcasts. We will be delivering five podcast episodes, including four audio play performances. Us in the Past, Sammy and Gran, Bridging the Gap and Love Out of the Ruins. We chose these plays because they speak of resilience, cooperation, community, personal strength and accountability. These are the key ideals that we believe will guide us out of the current climate crisis and pave a way towards a brighter, more sustainable future. We are turning these ideals into action by raising awareness and funds for Parakori, an Aotearoa-based organisation which aims to educate and advocate from a Māori worldview for a world without waste. If you would like to donate, please head over to www.parakori.māori.nz forward slash donate. Without further ado, sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to the 8 Broke Students podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Lauren. And today we will be performing the play Sammy and Gran by Mark Rigney. Mark Rigney's plays have been produced in 22 states, plus Australia, Canada, Hong Kong and Nepal. In New York, his work has played off-Broadway at 59E59. He's a member of the Dramatist Guild and has won multiple national playwriting contests. You can find the links to his works in the show notes. Mark Rigney said his inspiration for Sammy and Gran was that he had a long-running feud with unused parking lots. They trap heat and give nothing back. If we're visioning for the future, let's reimagine how we use our supposedly lost cause spaces. As for theatre, well, in five minutes, better make it fun. Sammy, a very precocious eight-year-old, will be played by Lauren. And Gran, who is Sammy's grandparent, will be played by Bridget. We, we hope, hope you enjoy. enjoy. Lucy had a turtle. She named him Tiny Tim. She put him in the bathtub to see if he could swim. Except, I don't get it. I mean, even an exclusively terrestrial turtle, if it had to, in an emergency, it could swim, right? Sammy, there are no emergencies around here. Now, it's story time. Are we ready? How come you always get to choose? Once upon a time... There was a magical kingdom where everyone was innately happy. Objection! Honey, are we reading or not? Can I say my objections first? How many do you have? Three, so far. Alright, but then we read. Okay, first, magic doesn't exist. So this place you're talking about can't be true. And second... What's magic about putting some random rich guy in charge of everything and calling him king? And third, who the heck uses inordately in a kid's book? Are we done? Yes. Page two. The reason this kingdom was magical 
that most of the people who lived there had everything they wanted, or at least had the possibility of someday getting everything they wanted. Which explains why all the people who mattered were very happy, very nearly all the time. Sammy, it's not polite to interrupt. Plus, I have no idea what you're doing. I'm being a sheep. Because the people in this story, they're sheep. And because you're always and forever telling me not to blindly follow others. Yes, and I tell you this because you're my grandchild and I love you. But the fact is, when you grow up and you do grown-up things like taking psychotropic drugs and shopping for three-pound bags of Idaho potatoes, you run out of time to research and fact-check what's really going on in the world. So you pick a name or a faction or a party and you just, you just go with it. Now, page three. The happy people in the magical kingdom were kept distracted by all manner of fabulous entertainments, including... No, 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 stop! This book! I mean, first, there's no plot, and second, it's trying to deny that we live in a dynamic world. Trust me, hun. Nobody's saying wants to live in a dynamic world. Okay, but you know Cousin Eddie, the one with the farm pond? Everybody thinks all he does is cast for Bluegill and spit nasty plugs of tobacco into his triple nasty Tennessee Titan solo cup. But you know what he's really been doing all these years? Hand God, I have no idea. Dreaming up a better mousetrap, which in this case means a brand new business model. Are we talking about the same cousin Eddie? When he's not reciting Wendell Berry or communing with nature, Eddie is a seriously talented contractor. Hard to believe, I know. So, to explain, let me lay down some bars. Now, Eddie had a notion about the rising of the ocean, so he took in all the facts, didn't listen to the rumours. If you fall for the rumours, that's a cancer, that's a tumour. Now, people say he's lazy, kind of hazy, kind of crazy, but he kept on with his fishing, making chains of endless daisies while he dreamed his plan of action, made sure it had some traction, and now I'm out of breath. Just breathe and breathe and go. So Eddie called his buddy, said this idea is kind of muddy, but it's also kind of muddy. Then they drove to the mall on a hot summer's day, and they sat in Eddie's car. No AC, no shade. And Eddie says, guys, what we're feeling is the future. This heat is like a suture. I'm a newborn climate booster. And parking lots of trouble. The heat, it's like a bubble. So let's turn it into rubble, because there's money to be made with a pond or a glade. Or planting trees for shade. Then the heat sink is gone, and our temps go down. And we'll still have parking lots all over town, but they can be smaller and appropriate size. As we plan better cities, get smart, get wise, as our Green New Deal keeps our eyes on the prize. Hun, you're not making any sense. The way it all works is a buyback plan, where Eddie does the labour and the feds kind of check. It's kind of low tech. We the people get the perks, we the people stay cool. As Eddie puts to work what we should have learned in school. And that's a hop, skip and a jump. Ta-da! Child, the government doesn't pay people to rip up perfectly good parking lots. The government has lots of buyback programs. Refrigerators, for one. Freon. We need parking lots. Gran, even at the holidays, Christmas, they're half empty. You're getting too old for your eight-year-old britches. No, but I'll tell you one thing this future voter is done with. Stories where the world never changes. But this book, this is my favourite. Ever since I was a girl, younger than you. Gran, I love you. And I get that for your entire generation, this was the book. But at this point now today, 
I just help Eddie get a meeting with our congressional rep. So things are changing, right? And you can either lead, follow, or get out of the way. All I know for sure is that right now, it's story time. But this time, you get to pick. This one. Once upon a time, around the world did roll. It's hard to bend the future, but it's good to have a goal. We hope you enjoyed our rendition of Sammy and Graham. Um, we're now going to have a bit of a discussion about the play and what we feel about climate change as young students living in Wellington, New Zealand. So Bridget, what's your emotional perspective on climate change? Does it ever scare you or do you mostly just block it out? I think sometimes it is quite, it's a big discussion to talk about. Mm. And I will say ever since doing this, the paper that we're doing, which is creativity in the community and learning more about climate change, I think my perspectives have definitely changed a little bit. And I think yeah. as a person, I'm definitely trying more as an individual to do better yeah, for the yeah. climate. Yeah, yeah. So, like, things that I've done over the past couple, like, I guess, like, 10 weeks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've tried to start eating a bit more plant-based. I will oh, admit nice. I'm not fully plant-based, but it's a little thing that I'm trying to do more of. Because of this podcast, is it? Yeah. 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 And I think as well, like, being more conscious of, like, takeaways. Yeah, and true. if I'm going out, obviously, it's a bit hard with COVID right now and the climate, but going out and eating in restaurants and not taking paper away or plastic containers mm. and using like a takeaway cup coffee cup like yes having yeah. my own keep cup yeah um that's i found that really to be beneficial i think yeah yeah and making sure i'm actually washing my recycling and putting it in the recycling oh, and not yeah, being lazy. i actually started doing that yeah. yeah i used to just put all my paper and stuff in the bin but now i'm like lauren just put it in the recycling bin it's not that hard yeah like, <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, the biggest change with this is kind of, like, I definitely just found climate change so daunting. Like, you have all the scary videos and the, the oh, like, the world's going to be destroyed by 2050 and you hear all these things about sea level rise. And I kind of just, it's so scary and multi-pronged that it's kind of, I just used to block it out, kind of. Because I just, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to hear this, it's so negative, it's scary. But I think after doing this performance and kind of just learning more about the emotional side of climate change, it's kind of shifted from even how I see the planet. Like, I used to think, oh, it's so scary, the world is going to end, like, what are we going to do? But now it's more, oh my gosh, we live on such a beautiful planet. We need to protect We need it. to look after yeah, it. Like yeah, after, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's really where that art and how art kind of, like, channels your emotions rather than facts are more scary so I think like channeling in the emotions makes you realize like oh it's so beautiful you know yeah, yeah. I think with this play it's definitely more American focused we've talked about this as yeah based yeah. in the US with the parking lots and everything and how they're like these unused spaces that aren't being used for anything we don't really have that here <laughs> yeah so um to put it in perspective I guess most of people listening will be from Wellington or New Zealand probably yeah. yeah yeah but for anyone who isn't Wellington's quite compact and there isn't a lot of parking. No. So, it's a problem. It's <laughs> a bit of a problem here. But I would say it's kind of almost a good thing because it encourages the public to use public transport yeah, and yeah. walk places more. 
because it's almost like a more reliable way of getting around the city. Yeah, 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 true. Yeah, like there isn't much need for a car, which I've actually really enjoy about Wellington because I feel like I'm doing a little bit more for the planet and I'm yeah. actively doing something that I don't even really think about. It's yeah. just like a really easy swap. Yeah, I kind of like that because, um, I mean, I don't have my license and I just love the freedom of just like, getting on a bus or walking places. And like even... My mum has a car, but she would rather just bust into the city because we live out a bit far. But she'd rather just bust into the city because she can't find a car space. But I think living in Wellington has kind of changed my perspective as well on transport because I used to live in Brisbane and it's quite different. It's so spread out. Like it would take you an hour on the bus to go somewhere and then it's, it's not really set up for people to be walking around and for people to be using public transport. That's something I think definitely moving to Wellington and being in this sort of environment, it just, when the culture of the environment is like this and when other people are all walking and busing everywhere and it's set up for you to do that easily, you kind of just naturally do it. Mm. So I think the next step for us would be to talk about what spaces do we have in Wellington or just New Zealand in general, because it might be easier because Wellington is so compact that we yeah. don't have a lot of our new space. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what kind of spaces do you think aren't being used and what could we use those for? That was such a good question though. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, I don't know either. Maybe that's something we could get some feedback from our audience about. Yeah. <laughs> That was a really good question. I was just like, fine. <laughs> you... I guess, like, I would say, like, what I see a lot is, like, these blank spaces. It's not particularly in Wellington, but I'm from Hawke's Bay, which is a lot smaller and a lot more spread out. Yeah. And there's just a lot of blank lots or yeah. empty shops. Yeah. That are... Oh, true, yeah. That's probably coming from a small town. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, they could definitely be... And I, what I have seen actually happening is they're turning into community spaces. Oh, cute. Which yeah, Which I yeah, think yeah. is really important. Yeah. They're becoming, like, community venues or yeah. places for people to gather, which I think definitely goes along with um, a lot of the other places that we're talking about, particularly with a lot of the ruins. Yeah. And having these community spaces for people to come together and just do things together. Okay, Bridget, actually... What you said reminded me of something in Wellington, actually. You know that um, charity organisation Everybody Eats that I volunteer for sometimes? They're definitely making use of Lost Cause space, spaces here in Wellington. Um, what they are is they're basically a restaurant and, you know, they have volunteer chefs, volunteer waiters like me. And um, they're set up in this building on Dixon Street. You know, otherwise it would have been empty not being used, but um, they t turn it into a restaurant for, I think it's Sundays, Mondays and Tuesday nights. And then um, they take all the food from supermarkets and other businesses and all, all food that will go on to landfill. And then um, they turn that food into three course meals for people. And then it's basically like, pay what you can for the meal if, you know, if you can afford to pay, pay for it. But if you can't, that's all good. Um, and so, yeah, I volunteer there sometimes, and it's, it's just fun. But um, one time, I actually went for dinner there with a friend, and we ended up sitting next to the guy 
who like started up Everybody Eats and he was talking about how he got it going and it's really interesting he was just saying like basically in New Zealand we have this problem where there's so much food wastage but there's also so, and you know so much food wasted so much food going to landfill but there's also so much food poverty and there's so many people who aren't eating enough and it's just kind of like utilizing the resources that we have to fix another problem also okay wait one more thing that I just thought of um now that I'm on a roll just with like food scraps and going to the landfill I like I know that it's so bad that food goes to landfill when you know people could be eating it but I always thought like in terms of the environment oh it's not that bad because the food's just gonna you know decompose and break down but when I started volunteering at Everybody Eats I found out food doesn't actually break down at the landfill because it's like surrounded by so much other like waste and stuff it doesn't properly decompose or you know when it's trying to decompose it just releases all this methane into the air and like you know I'm a vegetarian I have been for two years and part of that is because of all the methane that gets released from like cow farts and stuff and you know eating meat is just so bad for the environment but you know my food scraps are doing the exact same thing that I'm trying to avoid by not eating meat so I thought I thought that was also a little interesting side point. But yeah, basically, to answer your question, lost space problem in Wellington being fixed by Everybody Eats. So yeah, I think that's real cool. The next question I have for you, Lauren, we were talking about this earlier, yeah. but there's probably definitely comments on that kind of divide between the youth and the older generation. And Sammy's definitely that voice of the youth trying to get through to her gran. Yeah. What are your opinions on that kind of, like, divide? Yeah. Um, well, firstly, I love this play, and I love playing that kind of, like, angry little character. It was heaps of fun. But I think, like, in real life, the conversation doesn't really go this way, where the, the younger kid is so angry and at that, like, older generation, and then the older generation listens. Like, for example, my grandma hates Greta Thunberg. You know, she, she calls her that evil Greta girl, which I think is a bit, probably a bit far. But yeah, my grandma's like, oh, she just spits all this hatred into the world, you know. Whereas, it, you know, I think young people, or me, I look at her and I'm like, look at her go, you know. She's an 11-year-old girl and she's standing up for the planet and standing up for our generation and telling people how it is and how we need to take action. And I find it inspiring. But I guess, like, you know, different different generations see it differently. I don't know, I feel like in real life, in order to get us to come together is we need to be accepting of other people having different values or different ideas on the planet and kind of softening our views to get them to listen to us. Well, even like playing Graham, it was definitely an interesting role for me. I think she's very open to the idea of Yeah, yeah. But she doesn't know really what to do about it. And I don't think she super resonates with what Sammy's actually saying. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. But I think she can see that this is obviously really important to her granddaughter and she's very aware of the next generation coming up and she wants to try to understand. Yeah, that's true. Even like she says, we need parking lots, we need this. And she never, like, she thinks about it and she is like, okay, I hear you. Yeah, that's true. And this time I want you to tell me about the world. Yeah. Almost like she's like, I hear you. Yeah. 
I'm not sure what to think about it. I don't know if I entirely agree yet. Yeah. But I want to hear more. Yeah. And I think what this play does well is that it inspires people, especially young people, to yeah. have these types of conversations with yeah. their parents and yeah. keep it accessible, keep it nice, keep it conversational, which is almost yeah. what we're doing with this podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's such yeah. a good way to look at it, actually. I think we, for something that's such a big issue like climate change, we just need to be open to all these different perspectives. Because I but, think that's what art brings. Yeah. When you bring true. art to the conversation, it makes it accessible to a wider yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. I think art opens up your emotions and makes yeah. you connect with people, and that's a great way to then get people to listen. And it also puts you onto another person's shoes. Yeah, you, and true. you are with that character at that moment. You're yeah. invested in that character. Yeah. And, and their it, story. Yeah, yeah, and their story. And it can... It might not change your perspective. Yeah. But it can help you to see theirs. And I think that's the most important thing, is just we need to be looking at other people's perspectives more. Yeah, and I think the most important thing to take away from this is that, yes, climate change can seem like this huge issue... Yeah. ...that we have to, like, tackle right now. Mm. And we do. And we do. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't have to be so big. You yeah. can do these little things every day. Yeah, like maybe yeah. taking the bus instead of driving. Or yeah. Like, you know, eating in instead of taking away. Like those really simple things like yeah, for washing sure. your cans and actually putting them in the recycling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's. And just joining together with other people and, and just talking like, about it. Yeah. Yeah. Just listening to what other people are doing, going along to things, going to climate strikes, just like using your voice and, and using your ears. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And remember to send some money to our partner, Padakore, through the Give a Little link. And we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye. <laughs>